Who were we before shame told us we weren't enough? I asked myself that question four years ago, and I haven't stopped since. You see, shame tells us that we're alone in how we feel, that it doesn't matter what we think or say or believe or how hard we try. Every part of us that feels unfindable, unreachable, unseeable, unlovable has shame in it. And I believe so fervently that there is power in speaking to that shame. So join me as we reclaim the space that shame has taken up. Hello, you incredible human being. Welcome to Speaking to Shame. I'm Emily Stearman, your host. And today's episode makes me incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> I uh, I host a podcast because I really just desperately wanted to find a community who was interested in healing, who was like, hey, the shame is crippling, right? This the The shame and the doubt and the the self-loathing is crippling. I can't do it anymore. I don't want to do it this way anymore. Please tell me there's another way. And I found an incredible community of people. And I have had such a privilege interviewing people who have helped shed light on shame and the systemic way in which it encroaches upon our lives. And that's why I host a podcast. It's also a bonus for people who are booking me to speak at their events and and conferences, I can just send them a link to my podcast and say, hey, here's 50 hours (laughs) of me speaking, right? I also really love writing and I share a lot of my writing on Instagram. and, And if you don't follow me on Instagram and want to see the writing, that's where I hold it. Your girl is also writing a book. (laughs) We'll talk about that at a later time. But I have been asked a lot of times, and this is the part that makes me incredibly uncomfortable, I've been asked to share some of my writing, like to read some of my writing. And I don't know, I guess in my mind, it feels like I am like shining the spotlight on me. It's actually gotten to the point where I prefer to just interview people for my podcast and not really talk to you, not alone by myself. And that sounds really horrible. (laughs) I know when I say it out loud, it sounds horrible. It has nothing to do with you. You're incredible. It has everything to do with me and just feeling like I, I know I have things to say, but I don't have to be the only person who says them. Here's this amazing human with experience and knowledge in this area, in this field. Let's talk with them about it, right? That's been my perspective regarding interviews. So when people ask me to share my writing with them and and specifically reading it, and when they say things like, oh, I can't wait for your book to be out and all those uncomfortable compliments, (laughs) it makes me feel like, I don't know, like why, why have a podcast in which just me, just I pontificate, right? I really desperately, deeply want this podcast 
to be something that you can use to support you where you're at in your life, in your journey. I want the tools and and experts and the support that I am privileged to provide actually support you and, and, and help you and be tools that you can use in your tool belt, right? So it doesn't feel like me reading off things that I have written would do that, but... My husband told me I should, and my best friend said it too, so. (laughs) And honestly, I do want a place for these things to live. I do think it would be kind of a special, I guess, like catalog for them, you know? So, without any more wishy-washy fishing flapping, I am going to read some things that I've written for you. Some of it is poetry, some of it is Instagram captions, some of it is just stuff I've written. And a few things are going to be in my book. So that's exciting. You get a sneak peek, preview, sneak peek at that, (laughs) sneak preview. So here we go. Here's all of these things are written by me, Emily Stearman. Don't take them, okay? Because they're not yours. And it'll bring you seven years of bad luck if you do. And it'll be really bad luck. Like you'll stub your toe like every single day and it'll eventually lead to an ingrown toenail. And then you'll have to go to the podiatrist to get it taken out. And it will give you pain and problems for the next seven years of your life. And you will be um, unsure of of how to wear sandals and you'll have to buy a bunch of new shoes and you'll feel really shitty about your toes at the beach. So that's what's happening if you (laughs) steal this writing. As you heal your nervous system, the frantic energy that has helped you survive will lessen. In the still and calm, I hope you breathe deep. And in the joyful, I wish for you to let it be. You can live without waiting for the other shoe to drop. You can be safe. I hope you breathe deep. What's the secret, in my opinion? Being a kind, loving parent to yourself. My friend, that shit is potent and unmatched. But for people who aren't sure what inner child work is, or who are hesitant or nervous for what it consists of, it really is a love note from kinder you. You with perspective, you with grace, you with hope, you with a greater understanding of what happened before, during, and after the moments that hurt. Dear you, you are doing so good. I am proud of you. I see you. I go through all the hard moments with you and celebrate you through it all. Love, kinder me. It's midnight and I can't stop thinking about this. About how many hours and years we've spent with this ache of wanting to belong and matter to someone. To the sadness of wishing we could be seen, noticed, held, and cherished. Loneliness is so real. I don't want to downplay that. Relationships have meaningful impacts on our well-being. We need each other. But when did we lose loving ourselves? When did showing up for our own hearts become second best to someone else showing up? When did we start giving that love to others without saving any for us? You keep giving your love to them, my dear friend. But save some for you. Healing sometimes feels like this. I had a lot of words written here. Words about how healing feels like standing still sometimes about how lonely it can be. But you already know. We work hard to feel hope, to share hope. Healing isn't all sad and heavy, right? Healing is happening when we smile, when something new makes us laugh, when something that used to hurt us doesn't anymore. But there is a grief in healing. 
There is a grief in doing this work because there isn't a universal size or even sometimes the right words to use to explain it. Hi, be patient with me today. I'm healing old wounds. Please, tread gently today. My soul is sore from this rebreaking work. Be kind. I am working on not being the first to criticize my heart today. I think we'll have to start first with us. It starts with us speaking to our children, the ones outside ourselves and the ones still inside, with words that mend. It will happen when we give ourselves grace and love in place of judgment and ridicule. It's happening right now. Be gentle with your heart, my friend. It has been through so much. I love maple nut ice cream, though I know it's not popular. Then again, maple nut doesn't worry about who chooses chocolate instead at the ice cream counter. It goes on existing for the right person to enjoy. I want to be like maple nut ice cream, to exist with joy and leave the rest at the counter. There are so many things that we can only learn by listening to the people who have experienced them. There is nuance and trauma, fear and emotion, and often life history and shared experiences between abuser and victim. Oh, and hope. Crushing, desperate hope that things will change. That this good spell will last. That the promises to improve will stick. If it was as simple as getting up and walking out, we'd be doing it. So if you have the privilege to not understand why survivors don't just leave when things get bad, I ask you to sit with us and listen to our stories. Because we're sharing things you can only understand by listening. I have a lot of thoughts, but also none. I am bees working and logs drifting. I was told yesterday to practice letting things go to allow what is meant for me to be with me and part with grace that which is not mine. I can do that, but on one condition. Grace is different for me. It's been changing this last year as I sift and mold, shape and break down. And what has emerged is more resembling of fiery claws and smoothing edges. I am all at once fighting and surrendering, crashing through glass and resting my head. There is grace in that place, though. Grace in the jagged wounds and healed cuts. Grace in the I was wrongs and the never agains. So I will let things go with grace if I can sometimes roar at their passing. I will let things go with grace if I can grieve the loss with ragged breathing. Not a conduit of a still piece, but a bone-rattling piece. One that fills cracks and crevices and jostles things about. A piece that was fought for again and again. I will use grace if it can be that. It's hard to face people I know and tell them it actually wasn't what you thought. It's harder, much harder, to face the parts of myself that didn't want it to be real. And it is devastating to tell that small and aching piece of me that the truth is somewhere in the middle of what I always wanted and what I sometimes can't remember. I think that's why home is gone for me, because I see myself in all the people I've always known, and we're all asking the same question. How could I? Repeat after me. I am growing, healing, and learning, and that is enough. I am enough. You've been told in so many ways that your input isn't enough, that you aren't doing, moving, acting, thinking enough. The shame of that is exhausting, isn't it? Separating your doing 
from your being, from your existing is a boundary you can start placing right now because you are enough as you are right now. We get to heal. I know that that's so easily said (laughs) because healing sometimes feels incredibly big and scary. It sometimes feels like betrayal and selfishness and over-exaggeration. But then how does it feel to keep it quiet, to keep yourself quiet and isolated and hidden? Because for me, I just couldn't be authentic and brave and self-accepting without acknowledging all the parts of myself, including the hurting, small kid in me, with a million questions and doubts. Whatever healing looks like for you, please know you are worth it. You are worth the fight to feel safe and at home with yourself. I was brushing my teeth to a Spotify shuffles of 90s hits when the song that witnessed so many hard moments popped on. But I stayed in my body. I stayed and observed and breathed, and when it finished, I was able to thank it and little me for getting through those hard times. We forget how far we've come, how much we have soothed our overworked nervous systems and changed our thoughts. You don't hate yourself anymore. You speak and think of yourself with more compassion. You don't believe the stories you used to, the ones that made you feel unlovable and alone. You're healing your mind and body and heart. The belief I've challenged the most have been most uncomfortable, challenging, and the change that's given me the most peace? Easy. You don't have to go through what you went through. This idea that you were meant to or made to go through the hardships you've gone through, that screwed with me for years. I guess it made sense when I was in denial about how heartbreaking abuse was. But as soon as I began trauma therapy, my questions started. Why the hell would a child have to go through that? Why would anyone have to go through that? Why are we giving credit to God and the universe for choices other human beings made? It's cheap empathy to say that to someone. It's invalidating and confusing. So here are some things to say instead of, you were meant to go through that. I am so sorry this is happening. You don't deserve this. You are safe with me. You can tell me about what you're going through. Even right now, when things are so hard, remember that your needs matter. How can I help you meet a need? You're not alone. I support you in making decisions for your life. However you show up for people in your life, I hope you feel supported. And I hope you know healing is attainable and real. I think I'm going crazy. Is this what unhinged feels like? I swing between things really aren't that bad, and holy shit, I'm done. But the less time I spend with them, the less bad things are. Is that a me thing, though? Could I try a little harder? I know there's a natural ebb and flow to healing. I've learned that in my bones. But what about hating, grieving, throwing stones? Because it can't be that bad, right? Not bad enough for this. But then I sit with the aching parts and they're screaming at me. It was really bad. I think sometimes if I had a barometer, then I'd know. Something to help me weigh and measure the trauma, the abuse, the toll. But who'd create that measure? Who says what bad means? I think my therapist would say, it's up to you to decide. Stick to your guns and take your own side. Okay, I get it. You're really smart. 
but I can't get it through my head that they really, truly, actually broke my heart. I will go where healing takes me. I will sit with whomever is there. I will face those things that break me and take home what is left. What is there in the quiet of that breaking will inevitably lead me home, not to some place or person or pin drop, but to who I've always been. I'm torn between two extremes. This doesn't matter, and this matters the most. I can't decide if I hate it all, or am unmoving and unfeeling. I know emotions pass and teach us lessons on their way, but I fear I am either too riveted or uninterested in what they say. I know the world is great and big and all people are hurting. I get that there's so much out there. I get I'm not the only one in all of that so much who's struggling and worrying. But am I the only one with this radius of feeling? Do I occupy this land alone? This space of open warfare where I battle hard against my heart over the land called I care. A list of things I was wrong about. I won't always hate my body. I'll tell the world what happened to me and still be safe. I will be fat and in love. Postpartum depression won't last forever. I'll stay and I'll have joy again. Boundaries will help me honor my authenticity. I will be my biggest fan and greatest friend. My dreams will change, but my worth won't. I am not the only one who survived, and the community I'll find will help me heal. Little M is a badass rock star who survived with resilience, autonomy, and kindness. I am proud of me. Choosing myself will not mean I'm selfish. I won't always want them to like me over anything else. I won't keep making fun of myself first. Shame sounds like people you love who heard it from someone they loved. It feels like normal conversations where you leave just a little more cracked than before. It sits in the parts of you that feel unlovable and unfindable and whispers, See, I told you. But... There is a reality in which you exist without hating yourself, without constantly doubting yourself, without giving to others without end, and without questioning your untouchable worth. I found three things to be true about healing. The first is, no one begins to heal understanding fully what it will entail. There is no way to know, but take heart that we're all out here just doing our best as we go. Second, healing is deeply personal. Let what works for you work, and worry less about what works for others. And last, it will heal if you want it to heal. And I know, what if it never goes away? What if they never say sorry? What if the trauma never fully leaves? You're right to ask all those things. But what if it doesn't ache so badly? What if you really can move forward? What if space grows where there once was only pain? It can be easier to breathe again easier to hope and trust. And that, I think, is healing. The living with the hope that things will get better. It will heal, my friend. You will heal. You've given so much life to apologizing. I'm sorry is for things that weren't yours. Like how much space you take up, your ideas, your no thank yous, your hopes, your fears, your want mores. You've given so much life to looking left and right waiting to make sure you weren't alone. 
Years of stepping only after others because you remembered them telling you you're too loud on your own. How much life have you given to checking on your worth, on your output, on your doing, on your list? Before you were taught to cherish your existence, they were handing you the tape to measure with. And if all of this seems unfair, it is. Trust the voice in your gut that is rioting, because none of us were modeled the tactics to fight the system of shame that we live in. And the most devastating lie in all of this, the raise your voice and get mad no more, is that life is meant to be lived this way, because it's not. You don't have to. You're already whole. So when those lies rattle in your ribcage, when the falseness of do this shows up, put your hand on your chest and follow that rioting. I will not. I am done petitioning to be enough. That was story time with Emily. <laughs> Whatever you felt during that, I want to encourage you to, to let it be. Sometimes I criticize my writing because it's sad. But in healing, I have recognized that there's a full scope of emotion that exists within me. And I've spent a lot of my life only honoring the joy and the happy and the light. And it is truly an honor now that I have space and the capacity to honor the, the sadness, the, the blue parts, the dark parts, the shadow parts. So if any of those parts came up in you today, I hope and give you permission to honor them. They don't need to become your personality. You don't need to make any decisions. You can just simply have felt them. They can exist in you. I wish for you healing. I truly do. I wish for you joy and peace. I wish for you to, to stop habits that are hurting you and to celebrate all the things you've been doing that are incredible, all the cycles you've broken, all the people you've met, and all the things that you've done that you never thought you'd get to. My name is Emily Stearman, and this is Speaking to Shame. Oh, it's me again. <laughs> Hi, it's Emily Stearman, and I'm back. <laughs> back again. There are no words. I don't have them. In fact, you heard me right then. I went, there are, uh, and it's like the oxygen cut out because I can't describe to you what it means to me that I get to spend time with you each week and share tools and support and empathy and validation and education and humor and just, hey, you're not alone in this thing called life where we're healing and trying to figure out our shit and also, by the way, drink enough water. You know, it's a lot to do. And it is a true gift and honor that I get to do it with you and that I get to share it with you. Speaking to shame has grown and become more powerful and unique and vibrant and rich than I ever thought possible. And it's because of you. It's because of me. It's because of the guests that we are honored to hear from each week. It's because we've come together and said, hey, this thing called healing and this thing called shame and this mental health awareness is something to invest time into and effort into. As I support you and as the guests support you, there are things you can do to support us back. So the first thing you can do is share the episodes of Speaking to Shame that found you and reminded you that you are not alone. Find the guests who are on Speaking to Shame interact with them on social media, share their messaging and their teaching and their tools and their who they are on social media. Let them know how grateful you are for the time that they took out of their day to speak with us about shame. 
The next thing you can do is leave a review of Speaking to Shame on either Audible or Apple Podcasts. Reviews help so much. I can't accurately describe how meaningful it is to have reviews, to have feedback, because not only does it help other people know whether or not Speaking to Shame is for them, but it also helps me know what I can do to continue to support you and how I can make things better, more improved, stronger, cooler, better, faster, stronger. (laughs) And the last thing that you can do to support Speaking to Shame is donate. Every single episode, there is countless time that goes into production, creation, and then the sharing of. And I am just one person. So if you are someone who can donate, the link to donate is down below. Just scroll a little bit. Boop, boop, boop. There you go. You found it. Look at you. Look at you finding the donate link. I would be just so grateful if you did any of these things. I'm so grateful that you're here listening. What an honor it is. What a gift it is to be a tiny sliver, a part, a piece of this thing called healing and collective growth and enlightenment and calling out these cycles that have hurt us and saying, hey, wait, there has to be a better way. Let me find a better way. Let me share a better way. And I'm honored to be able to do that. Thank you for being here and showing up as your authentic self. And thank you for including me in that. I'm Emily Stearman, and this is Speaking to Shame. I can't wait to rediscover who we were before shame told us we weren't enough. I can't wait to find those parts of us that are so deserving of healing, the parts of us that feel unfindable and unlovable, and remind them that shame is not the truth. 